Good morning, church. Good to see you this morning. I'm glad you're with us. Uh, we've got a special uh, Sunday, special weekend uh, today uh, because now we, uh, if you hadn't heard yet, we decided not to have our grow hour today. So if that's news to you, I apologize, but we're, we're not going to do our grow hour today, partly because, you know what's going on this week? Our friends, Bruce and Kay David, are celebrating 60 years of marriage. Isn't that great? They're right here. Yeah, they're, they're thrilled that I'm, that I'm making all of you look at them right now. Everybody just look and stare at Bruce and Kay. And they brought the cake to celebrate with their church family because uh, they love you and wanted to do this uh, together as part of their celebration. And so uh, afterwards, so that we don't have to feel like we need to quick eat cake and then rush off to somewhere else, uh, we just want to ask you to stay and fellowship and enjoy that time. If you don't know Bruce and Kay, it's okay. Still, that's why I'm pointing them out. Still, you can walk up to them and say, you know what, 60 years, that's kind of amazing. Congratulations. And so uh, we love you guys. Uh, we're going to enjoy that time and it'll be, it'll be good. You are a, just a faithful a testimony to all of us. So thank you for sharing that with us. You have uh, no doubt um, bumped into someone who's really passionate about something that you're not. Have you ever had that? Uh, and sometimes they can sort of give you a passion. Isn't that true? Uh, I had a guy years ago uh, who was in my church in uh, Michigan, and he was really into NASCAR, and I'm not. Uh, and, and I even told him at the time, he said, I really like Formula One. I think I've mentioned that here before. You know, I, I like watching Formula One, but NASCAR to me just seems like drive fast, turn left. You know, I mean, not much to it. Oh, he said, no, no, no. You, you have to come to a race. You have to come to a race with me. Sometime we'll go to a race together and, and you'll, you'll never look back and you'll never... Well, I never did catch that passion. I never did go to a race. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, I, I never really caught that bug. Conversely, though, I had another friend back when we were at that same church who uh, one day said, do you know you can roast your own coffee beans? I said, what? He said, yeah, I've been doing it. He said, I have this cast iron pan. You can, I, I found this website. You can buy green, uh, dried, but, but unroasted beans. And you can get these beans. You can roast them yourself. It's the most amazing thing. And I said, tell me more. And he started to share with me this passion that he had developed for roasting coffee beans. And I found the website that he had talked about, and they had not only coffee beans for sale, but all sorts of resources. I went down the rabbit hole. I found instructions to buy. I went to the thrift store and bought an old, you know those hot air popcorn poppers? Uh, the ones that make the, the popcorn that's just the worst because it's super dry and like styrofoam. You know those? <laughs> And so they're easy to find in a thrift store. And so I found one of those in a thrift store for like five bucks. And I brought it home and followed directions and took it all apart and split out the wiring into a junction box so that I could create this temperature controlled. Uh, oh man, I got into it deep. Deborah used to, used to smell this aroma. Unfortunately, she kind of liked it because I would do it in this workroom in the house 
in the basement. When you roast coffee, you know, it, it produces this smell and all of this chaff. And, but she kind of liked it because it meant that fresh roasted espresso was coming, you know. And, and, uh, and so she uh, uh, endured me and, and we're still married. <laughs> I got really into it. But it was all because this person at some point shared his passion and said, I got to show you this thing. And I really caught the bug. This morning, I want to do something a little bit different. You know, we, we took a, a break last week because it was Honor the Grad Sunday. And so since we're already so, taking a little mini break from Joshua, we're going to get back to Joshua. Don't worry about that. But I wanted to take a break and, and just sort of share with you a, a little bit of a, like a state of the union I want to share with you my passion, our passion as a leadership team about our church, about this place. I thought that would be fun to do. Uh, And you have in your bulletin the title of the sermon. It says, what's so great about church? And I intentionally left any form of punctuation off of there. Because I don't know if you see maybe a question in that, as in, what's so great about church? I see in that more of a declarative statement. In fact, in my brain, there's an exclamation point at the end of that. said, what's so great about church? Yeah? And I want to share that with you. I want to remind us of the passion that we share, uh, the vision that we have, not just for church in general, but for Berean Bible Church. So I want to start, if you will, in Hebrews chapter 10. Because we get some of this, all of this, (laughs) from God's Word. Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, I think many of you uh, will remember, you'll know well. Verse 24 says this. So Hebrews, kind of toward the back of of your Bible. Chapter 10, I'm going to start in verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. Verse 25 says this, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Some of your translations say, don't forsake this meeting of yourselves together, uh, this gathering of yourselves together. We see in Scripture this command even to do this, to do what we're doing. Now, I said before, and and I said many times through pandemic, because we went through a strange season together as a whole global community, right? That this is not maybe meant to be extremely legalistic, so that if you ever miss a Sunday at church, you're in disobedience to God's word. I don't think that's what that means. And we talked about this before, but that, that term to forsake or to not neglect something is to sort of in your own mind and in your heart to minimize its importance. That's really what it's saying. It's saying, don't minimize the importance of this. Now, it doesn't mean you never, ever miss a week. That if you and your family go on vacation, that we sit around here and say, oh, I see so-and-so's not here. (laughs) Oops, strike one. That's not what this is. But I think over the course of of your life, if your habit is someone who who just sort of says, you know, church is, I mean, if I have time, I'll go. 
If I have time, I'll, I'll devote my energies to that. But otherwise, you know, man, that's what the Bible says. Don't do that. Don't forsake it. Don't neglect it. Don't minimize its importance in your heart. It's a very similar word when we talk about, uh, we haven't talked about this in some time, but when the Bible says to honor thy father and mother, and sometimes, I mean, over the years, I've had so many people say, what, especially as an adult, like, what does that mean? You know, to honor my father, am I supposed to obey them? Am I supposed, it's not necessarily in all cases about obedience, but it is about maximizing someone's importance in your heart and in your mind. I've jokingly used the word embiggen. It's like to embiggen your parents in your thoughts. You're right, you honor them, you know. This is a very similar idea. He says, embiggen this, this church gathering. Don't give up on this. And he's writing to a, a, a people, and, and we've, we've looked at this book of Hebrews before, but writing to a, 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 a persecuted group in many cases, where they're hard-pressed. It's tough to come and do this. They really paid for it in a lot of cases. But he says, don't give up on this. This is so important. As you stir each other up to love and to good works, don't give up on this. But why? See, again, I don't think this is simply a, a legalistic command. I think, again, this is more about what you do in your heart about the importance of this. Is it important to you? Or is it sort of, well, I'll roll out of bed on a Sunday morning and you know, see how I feel. That's what he's cautioning against. But I don't want us to just see this as a commandment just for the sake of following a commandment. There's a, a, a glimpse into this just in the context here, which is part of the reason I started in verse 24, which says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. This is one of the means by which we do that. If we're not together, if we don't talk together, right? But there's something to me that is even more exciting about are gathering together. There's something that speaks even more to my passion about why we do what we do. and has everything to do with this. I've said this before, haven't I? You know I'm a broken record on this one. But listen, this is God's Word. Do you understand how incredibly meaningful and profound it is that this is given to us by inspiration? It's God breathed. God Himself oh, spoke through His followers and gave, He spoke to us. And I can go to the dollar store and buy a copy of this and have it. I can download an app on one of my smart devices for free and have it. It's God's Word. Do you know how powerful that is? And here, we get to do this together. We get to eat this together. Now, I've also said a million times, <laughs> I told you a million times not to exaggerate. <laughs> I told you over and over and over. 
that if this is the only place, Sunday morning at Berean Bible Church, or whatever church, that you get God's Word, it's not enough. You're doing yourself a great disservice. I hope that you are digesting this on your own too, that in your own home, in your own study, that you are constantly partaking of this nutrition. But that is not to say that this is unimportant. Because I I work here at the church, and it's less than 10 minutes away from my home, I often go home for lunch. I know lots of you think I only work on Sundays, but it's not true. I I promise. I'm here (laughs) during the week, but I live really close. And it's really easy for me to go home for lunch. And I very, very frequently do that. Uh, You can ask uh, Stephanie around noon or noon 30 or, you know, whenever I kind of feel like it. I say, I'm going to go get something to eat. And I'll often go home. But my wife, Deborah, has a job of her own. So she's not typically there. Our daughter, Lauren, who's home from school for the summer, she's got a job too. So a lot of times I'm there by myself. I go home. I make something like a ham and cheese sandwich, maybe some crackers or something, and I sit down and I eat by myself. That's fine. I get the food. I'm nourished. I'm fed. I get what my body needs. But isn't there a difference when I have a house full of people and we're all eating together? Uh, Maybe a a, a holiday get-together. You know, we recently had... Memorial Day and lots of us, you know, gathered together and had barbecues and picnics and or or a meal like Thanksgiving where you just really do it up and you've got a, a full house and a full table and lots of people. Isn't that better? Now it's not because there's something wrong with eating a ham and cheese sandwich by yourself. It's still nourishing. It still does a body good. But do you understand? Isn't it just special? When we eat together, and let me tell you something, this is really special when we come and we eat it together. There's something special about that. It's why we gather, and it's why we do this together. It's why I have such a passion for what I do. I recently uh, was thinking about this again, and and many of you know, I went into full-time ministry midlife. It was kind of a surprise. It was like God gave me a hard left-hand swerve and said, let's go do this now. And it it was a surprise as much to me, if not more to me, than anybody else. And yet, as soon as I started in that job, I thought, this is it. As it turns out, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what my God made me for. I want to do this until I draw my dying breath because I am passionate about his word and about what happens when we as a church gather together to study it. It's why back in uh, Paul's letters to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Paul writes this, And I remind you, uh, this is one of the pastoral epistles. Timothy, a young pastor, probably of the church in Ephesus, which is a very big, very important church. Timothy's a young guy, and Paul feels strongly enough about him that he puts him there and has him pastoring this church. But I think we shouldn't just see this as a set of instructions for one pastor in a place. We view this as instructions that are very helpful for church in general. 
not only pastors, but just church, you know. And he says this, until I come, 1 Timothy 4.13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Paul writes really clearly, this is important. Is it important to study it on your own, to read it? Yes, of course. But also, devote yourself to this, to this public proclamation. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Starting in verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is, the ju- who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Preach the Word. We see this time and time again. This Word, this book, I sometimes hesitate to use the word book because we've got a bunch of books, but this is the book, yeah? And we hold to this. At Berean Bible Church, and part of my excitement isn't simply for the church universal. It's for this church. It's for my church. And part of what I'm excited about is we here hold this book high. We view it as authoritative. We view it as important. We view it as priceless. More precious than silver and gold. And on everything, we base, we, we, we base everything on this book. And if that sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, I'm not. this existed long before I came here. In our 57 years, I'm the fourth senior pastor. That's kind of remarkable. But I'm the fourth senior pastor we've had here at this church. But it goes all the way back to the beginning. 57 some years ago, there was a group that said, we are going to teach and preach this word. We are going to make this the centerpiece of every single thing that we do. And Pastor Bruce Kemper did that. And Pastor Ken Parker did that. And Pastor Jim Gay did that. And now I do that. But it existed long before me. And the day you all decide you don't want to make this important, that you're not passionate about this anymore, that's the day I will decide it's time for me to leave because I won't be a good fit anymore, right? But this was all here before me. I hope it'll be here if the Lord tarries after me. We treasure God's Word. Why? Because... In this word, we see God Himself. There is no better place by which God has revealed Himself, His person, His character, His desires, His heart. There's no better place than this. We know the Bible teaches that God has revealed Himself just through nature, yes? But there here is such specificity and such uh, uh, focus. We see God here in His Word. We see the Gospel here. And part of what we see about God 
is His desire for humanity. His love for humanity. His, his heart that humanity that all men and women, boys and girls, everybody on this planet who are created in His image, that everybody would be brought near to Him. So much so that He's made the way through Jesus Christ Himself, through His death, through His burial, through His resurrection, for that way to be made open. Knowing full well that there's nothing I can do and there's nothing any of you can do to just earn that. And so God says, that's all right. I will pay the way. That's why Paul writes... Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God for salvation for anyone who believes it. And that's what we get to see here. We see God Himself. We see the gospel. And furthermore, we see what it is that is His will for us. How does He desire that I should live? How does He desire that you should live? Individually, corporately. Well, it's here. It's spelled out here. Which is why I remain so passionate about God's Word. And why I'm passionate about church, because it's at church. It's here at Berean Bible Church. We get to, we don't have to, we get to come and do this together. To eat this glorious meal together. And to chat and laugh and cry and encourage and exhort and correct at times. And you know, all at this grand table. We get to come together and talk about maybe the thing that I read by myself this past week and you get to talk about the thing you read by yourself this last week and we share that in this great, big, beautiful potluck. This isn't the reason I love church potlucks so much, just because they're analogous you know, to this. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Because this is where we get to do this. I want to be careful. I've said this before. We are not in a contest with other churches. We gain nothing by trying to be better than another church. Or I don't want to do that. I will say this. There are a lot of churches that don't make this book the centerpiece of what they do. It breaks my heart. Which is part of the reason I'm passionate about my church, this church, because in our marketplace of ideas, we desperately need this. When I was in lay ministry, back in Seattle, our sister church over at Shoreline, I remember it hitting me at a certain point that people would say things like, boy, we really like that we found this church because you guys really read the Bible. Now, I grew up in that church and then mostly this church. We moved here in 1973 and I was kind of raised and formed by this church. 
So I'd never known anything different because again, Pastor Ken Parker, yeah, and just the board of elders and the whole direction this church had always had. And so it struck me as so strange for people to say, we really like that you read the Bible in this church because I thought, what else would you do? And then I heard it again. And then I heard it again. And then I heard it again. Over and over and over. And then I moved to West Michigan. And I heard it there over and over and over. And then I moved back to Spokane, Washington. And continue to hear that over and over and over. This is not to badmouth other churches. However, there are a lot of places where this isn't really made much of. Which is why I am excited about the passion and the vision we have here. Because I promise you, or again, it'll be the day that I leave. I promise you, this will continue to be the centerpiece and the foundation of everything that we do here. Hallelujah. This is it. I love this book. And I hope you do too. And because of that, we have all sorts of ways that that we get to do that. This morning's service is one of them. Our, Our main worship service, we do that. We have a a whole host of kids' ministries on Sundays and throughout the week. Do you know, uh, we have a kids' ministry, kids' programs that are stronger than many churches double, triple our size. Do you know that? Frankly, we live in an era where this idea of Sunday school is, 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 is kind of going away, where Christian education is, is kind of going away. I'm so excited that we continue to do that. You know why? Because we've got a group of teachers that are outstanding. They're fantastic. We have somebody like Jenny Bailey, she's going to love this too, who has taken on to, be, to, to, to just pour her passion and enthusiasm into just our kids' ministries and how they can be made better and more effective. And I'm excited about that. We have this opportunity to teach kids this word. Hallelujah. Man, that's good stuff. We have opportunities to teach adults this word outside of our service together in other groups that meet together, that gather together. We have opportunities for outreach. We, have, you know, we, we recently wrapped up our year of Awana. I'll give you my pitch now. If you want to work in Awana next year, I'm looking for people. <laughs> but I love the Awana ministry. And one of the, 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 the things that I love most about the Awana ministry is when we gather, gather together here on a Wednesday night, a lot of those kids don't attend this church on Sundays. Their families don't come here. Some of those kids don't attend any church. But they're here on Wednesday nights, learning this word. Hallelujah! Kids from the neighborhood, our second to last night this last year, a couple of kids on their bikes turned up from the neighborhood and watched everybody playing games and having fun and said, what's going on? And so we said, this is Awana, you should come and join us. Unfortunately, we're almost done, but next year, like coming, they jumped right in. They said, can we come? Yep. 
What a treasure. And they get to hear God's Word. Upward football, it's already been mentioned. We're getting ready to ramp up. Upward football. I mean, it is ramping up, you know. Sorry to, sorry to pick on you. How many kids are signed up right now? Do you know? We don't know. Okay. Okay, 75 last count. But Will, I mean, as we get closer, this will, I mean, we've had close to 500 kids at some point, you know. I know that panics Jeff and Pam just a little bit. <laughs> Especially Pam. <laughs> Jeff is more likely to say, bring it on. Pam says, pump the brakes. <laughs> but do you know what a gift it is? <laughs> do you know what a gift it is? To be here on a Saturday and to see all of those families from our neighborhood, many of whom, again, they don't, not only is this not their home church, many of them, they don't have a church. And their kids come every week and attend a a flag football practice where they hear God's word. And then they come on Saturday and they have these games and at halftime they hear God's word. Do you know what a privilege and 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 an incredible opportunity that is? I love that. I am so excited about that. I hope that you are too. Our youth group on Tuesday nights, it's a very similar sort of a thing. We've got kids that are absolutely 100% committed to our youth group, dialed in, plugged in. They don't necessarily attend church here. Some of their families don't. And again, I think some of them maybe don't attend church anywhere. But they're here on Tuesday nights. And you know what they do? They play great games. They eat gross stuff. They do all sorts of fun stuff. And then they get this. And not just cookies on the bottom shelf. They get meat. They get high level. I mean, some of you guys. (laughs) That sounds really, you know. But I'm telling you, it's high level teaching. You would all learn things from Pastor Mitch in youth group. It's not the kiddie stuff. They're soaking up that word. We have so many beautiful opportunities to share this about who God is, about what His plan is, about the gospel, about Jesus Christ. Our missions support is all part of this. It's all fueled by this because through missions said this many times we have the opportunity to help people in communities that we will never personally go to but to help them get this get taught this receive this to hear the gospel to hear about jesus christ and a god who loves them i love that i'm passionate about that it's so great to have frosty and kathy or frosty is one of my spiritual uncles frankly i love these people I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm not going to ask you, but a lot of missionaries over the years have said, you know, Spokane Berean is one of our favorite churches. And I don't say that to get, you know, puffed up. But they, and they, they don't, I know some of you are thinking, they probably say that to all the churches, right? <laughs> I don't think so because it's, when it's said, it's usually said in very small settings where, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to, you know, share this with anyone, But it said very privately, boy, we love your church. And it's not just because of your financial support. It's because your people are really excited in what we're doing. We we get just encouragement from your church. 
We love visiting here. We can tell there's a passion here for God's word. We share that passion. And to be able to partner with you and go out into so many places in the world, we love that. I love what we're able to do with missions because it's just more of the same, extending the reach of God's word. And of course, the mutual encouragement and support that we all get when we come together. I've talked about this before. I know that at times, some of you maybe think, I didn't really encourage anybody. Or maybe I didn't find encouragement on a certain Sunday. Uh, I want to suggest that's not true. You may not always see it, but you being here at this grand table matters. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you think, I don't know. I don't feel like I was an encouragement to me. Yes. Part of what the Bible teaches is we are the body of Christ. And if part of the body doesn't show up, then the body doesn't function as the body is supposed to function. When you're not here, it does impact this body. You are important. Your encouragement, just by your presence, it doesn't matter whether you see it or not. It might be as simple as the fact that you just smiled and shook somebody's hand and they walked away from that thinking, boy, I needed that today. Yeah. This mutual encouragement that we garner. You see why I'm passionate about church? You see why I remain passionate about the church universal but specifically about Berean Bible Church. We have the opportunity, we have the vision and the passion to increase the number of outreach events that we have. We've talked about this before. We set about trying to increase the level at which we have outreach into our community for people who don't know the Lord, for people who need a home church and a place. We want to do more and more of that. We want to grow these programs that we have and do uh, more things that we maybe haven't done before. We've talked before about uh, completely revamping our youth center, the gym building over there, and making a beautiful modern youth center to help draw in more youth because they need God's Word. Yeah. And we're excited about that. We're still trying to gather bids, but you know, one of these days we'll show you some pictures. You're going to be blown away by what architects have developed for that humble building out there. I'm excited about that. We want to have a greater service to and love for and reach into our community because it's a community that's hurting. It's not a community that looks the way it did 57 years ago. It looks very different here but people as much as any other time need the lord don't they see we have a world that is hurting that's lost that is without hope that is steeped in violence and hate, and they need rescue, and we have the answer. It's all right here. 
which is why I remain passionate for this vision we have to share this with as many people as is humanly possible with God's help. And so, I hope that you, as a part of our church, will share this passion, will share this vision, and be involved. You can do this in four basic ways. Come. (laughs) Come. That sounds simple, but just come. We're really at this point where, you know, we had two years where things were so radically different. And I said to so many of you, if you're, I understand you, if you're worried about, you know, the health and, and getting, I get it. And we made ways for you to be able to participate with us without coming. And, but we're sort of coming to the end of it where now it's, it's time to come back. If you're still concerned about health, if you're with us online this morning, because you're still concerned about health, I don't want to push you and pressure you. But if you're with us online, or maybe you're just not with us because you just decided it was kind of more comfortable to watch church in your jammies on the couch, you know, it's time to come back. It's time to come back. We need you here. We miss you here. You are missing out on, it, it might seem intangible, you are not getting the same meal by just watching through a screen as you do when we're here together. It's time to come back. Come and participate in what we're doing. Secondly, serve. We ask frequently you know, for help in various ministries. I don't want us to think of church as just sort of this consumer event where we just you know, receive and, and don't really do anything. You know, it's been said before by people way more eloquent and smarter than I am that the, the biblical model for church isn't a cruise ship. The biblical model for church is a battleship where everybody on board has a job and a task and we're working together. And those tasks vary widely, right? But we're all here pulling and working. We need your service here to help us in this passion and this vision. We need you to give. We don't talk about giving much. We don't talk about giving hardly at all. You know, we mention it in the morning worship service. But really, I say again, everything that we do here is completely predicated on your giving. I mean, we, the church doesn't receive any income from anywhere else, you know. And sometimes, maybe, I, I'll just be honest with you, I hate doing it. I hate asking for money. And I'm not really asking for money, but I am going to tell you, part of being excited about a passion for your church is to fund it. It's to give. And lastly, pray. 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 This word is foundational to everything we do, but everything we do here has always also been steeped in prayer. We need your prayer. This church, its ministries, its leadership, its people, they all need your prayer. And so, I ask you to have a renewed passion yourself for the vision of what we do here in church generally, and to be excited about what we're doing here at church specifically at Berean Bible Church in the Spokane Valley in 2022. Because we're passionate 
about what's happening here. And we're passionate about what can happen here, about the things that we're looking forward to happening here as we continue to grow and increase and preach this precious word by which people are saved, rescued, moved from death into life. If that's not exciting stuff to you, you need a jolt of electricity or something. (laughs) That's good stuff. That's what we are excited about and passionate about here. Our Father God, we praise You for Your work. We praise You for who You are. We praise You for Your Word. And Father, thank You for my church. I'm so excited about this place. I've spent the better part of my life here in one form or another. And I love the passion and the vision of so many who have gone before, of so many that are here now, of what we are doing together to preach the Word, to devote ourselves to that, knowing full well that in Your Word is the answer that our world so desperately needs. And we get to share that. So Father, thank You. Give us a passion. Give us an excitement. Give us an enthusiasm and energy for what You are doing in our world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.